This might be some beautiful news for you. You do not need to focus on fixing yourself. Just focus on living from your heart. And then anything that's not in alignment with that light, with that higher vibration, with that genius, it's just going to fall away. Welcome to my podcast. This is With Love, Danielle. Hello, hello, friends. I am extra excited. I'm always excited. I'm excited about what to eat for dinner. I'm excited about going for a walk around the park. But today I'm excited because as I sit here in my living room in Vancouver, so you will be hearing the sounds of my neighborhood as per usual, my book is going off to print like it is pencils down as of midnight last night. Off it goes. And we've also announced today to the whole wide world that you can pre-order the book. And I have all sorts of sweet things to gift you for being part of the pre-order crew. This is my first book in five years. Some things have happened. I have changed, and so have you. I would love to do a little story time with you if I could. This is the introduction from How to Be Loving. When your heart is breaking open and the world is waking up. On my most recent year in review exercise, I seriously considered walking away from my creative life, which I tend to reconsider every few years. I had this romantic notion of meditating all morning in my apartment right here, growing potatoes on my deck for my neighbors, wearing white peasant blouses, and never checking my Instagram ever again. But instead, I came to my senses, and I wrote this book, because my heart is breaking open from the state of the world. I think we're longing for love and truth and for each other. My life used to be guided by the question, how do I want to feel? And I built my career on that question with the Desire Map book. But I began to notice that even if I wasn't experiencing my core desired feelings, I was still in touch with a greater purpose. Temporary unhappiness didn't hold me back from helping out a friend or feeling useful or feeling close to the divine. And so a new question emerged. What do I want to embody? And the answer was clear. Love. Love no matter what. Shifting from an emotion-driven life to a more heart-centered life is a developmental process. The path to being more loving is through a loving process itself. It's gentle and it's compassionate. It's about creating a friendship with reality. Being loving doesn't mean feeling more. It means feeling everything with more love. This is a book about acceptance and unity consciousness. It's not a map. It's an urgent love letter to the light in every one of us. I hope it helps us remember who we are together. With love, Danielle. 
All right, so this is not going to be a shameless plug for pre-ordering my book today wherever you love to purchase your books. Although, please go ahead and do that. DanielleLaporte.com slash how to be loving and learn about all the treats. What I want to talk about today is the deep impulse. It's actually more than an impulse. It's it's a craving, it's a calling, it's a pull. I don't relate a lot to the word mission, but it's a mission, it's an assignment to put this content out in the world. How to be loving as a concept, as a verb, as a noun, as a book, is to use the overused word of these times, nuanced. (laughs) It's an overused word because nuance is lacking in so many conversations. The lack of nuance is the reason we're so divided, you know. Lack of nuance is the greatest indication of our unhealed pain, which has led to our constricted thinking and me versus you and us versus them and right versus wrong, etc. Where I really tried to go, where I'm trying to go in everything I put out is really into the cave of the heart, that spacious place where everything gets to coexist, where everything's a little bit right and a little bit wrong, but it's all in the space of love, so it's all good. We can see how everything leads back to source. And that's what nuance is. Nuance is the capacity to know that you were made of love. You are really, really, truly interested in interconnectivity. You love love. And when you love love, you are able to listen. You are spacious. You can see the subtleties. You can see the shards of truth. You can see the glaring lies that people are eating every day through media and divisive conversation. So, how to be loving is a nuanced perspective on the power of self-compassion, the life-changing power of self-compassion. It's about shadow work, which is really just light work. Uh, It's about being more receptive to higher guidance. We have so many points of contact during every day telling us what to do, feeding on the social programming, on eons of conditioning about what to think, what religion to be, how to express ourselves, how not to express ourselves. So there's so much to reference in terms of Lower guidance. (laughs) And lower guidance can be coming from your therapist. Lower guidance can be coming from the scripture that you are reading. I'm interested in higher guidance, which can also come through your therapist, which can also come through scripture. But it is undeniably from the virtue of living a heart-centered life that you are here to be out about loving love. How to be loving is really about all of us getting together to let love be the game changer that we know it is, and to be unabashed about that in our conversations and how we vote and how we express ourselves and what we put into our bodies, that love is the higher priority, that love gets upheld and baked into all of our possibilities. 
really, really how to be loving as a book and as an action is a guide on how to use the genius of your heart. It's really all I'm interested in right now, the intelligence of love. How to use the genius of your heart to create conditions for healing. So that's a question I can ask you right now. How are you using the genius of your heart to create conditions of healing for yourself? Are you pausing? Are you creating enough stillness and enough silence to listen to the wisdom of your heart that is connected to universal wisdom, to create a life that rides on the rails of faith, that all things are unfolding as they should, everything is happening for a reason, that the divine has its hand in everything, everything, everything. The conditions of healing that let you have time and space for gentleness, for rest, for rejuvenation, to treat your body as a temple, to have conversations that matter, to hear yourself think. Now here's what I know to be true. When you turn to your heart, when you refer to love is really what I'm saying, you will uncondition your mind of all sorts of social programming. The intelligence of love is going to dissolve eons of dogma that tells us to prove our worth. Such a ridiculous question, you know, proving your worth. And that drive that's built into so many of us to sort out who's superior and who's inferior. Here's what I think. I think spirituality is really just the practice of thinking with love. Use your heart to think. Thinking with love, for most of us, requires some retraining. I think most of our lives are really about the education of love, of deprogramming ourselves of all kinds of illusions. And we can really effectively train ourselves to just keep returning to love. That's what spirituality is. Just keep returning to love. And how do we do that? We use our thoughts to bring our mind back to higher vibration thinking. We think with love. So again, being loving doesn't necessarily mean feeling more. I'm going to be talking a lot over the next lifetime, a couple months for sure, about where feelings come from, the difference between emotions and virtues. So it's not about being in that watery emotional space more. Being loving means feeling everything with more love. We apply loving thoughts to everything that crosses our mind and our path, and we bring it all back into the center of our hearts where it's accepted for what it is. And when that happens, you can see the next best move. You are not going to be able to make clear choices until you accept the situation as it is. That acceptance is your consciousness throwing light on what's really happening and what the next best thing is to do. Love, the heart space, is the ultimate 
inclusiveness. Really, if we had to replace the word love in our vocabulary, I would replace it with inclusiveness. We would just look at each other and say, I include you. I include you in my kindness. I include you in my considerations. I include you in my visions for happiness. I include you. I include you so much. Because in your heart, a generator of love, the reminder that you are love itself, that's really what the heart is. It's just this magnificent acupuncture point within your beingness, beyond your body, to remind you that you are a divine energy being. You are made of love, for love, because of love. You are love. Boom, there's the heart chakra. And in that space, everything is in. It's all in. Your light and your shadows. And everyone else's light and shadows. That's the ultimate inclusiveness. That's divine love. It's the non-dual place where complete self-acceptance, the small self and the higher self, All of that has room to grow. And if I dare say so, how to be loving as content, as a noun, as a verb, is counterculture. And it's what we're yearning for. So we do not need to focus on fixing ourselves. If we just focus on living from our heart center, Anything that's not in alignment with that light falls away. Of course, you know that there is more where this came from. If you head to the site, daniellelaporte.com slash, you know it, how to be loving, you can download an entire chapter in audio form or in print. It is chapter five, your true identity. And what I'm unpacking is the source of suffering, which is seeing ourselves as small and alone as opposed to divine and interconnected. It's deep, it's playful, and I conclude with what might be one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself when you are in a shit pickle of pain, which is, what am I identifying as? Are you identifying as fear or as love? as constricted or expansive, as alone or as supported, as your thoughts or as your heart. Chapter 5, Your True Identity, How to Be Loving. Here's my next question for you. What would change if you saw yourself and others through a loving gaze? What would change if you saw yourself through a loving gaze? Everything. Now let me give you a list of what we're going to go through and how to be loving. But this is our sort of aspirational grocery list for this lifetime. When we see ourselves through a loving gaze, we will choose higher quality thoughts, what I call loving thoughts or nourishing thoughts. And that's really ideal because our thinking is magnetic. So we want to be thinking with love. This is how we use the intelligence of love to calm our nervous system and experience peace. 
love, the direction from your heart, is always going to direct you towards choosing that which calms and restores your nervous system. Okay, let's talk about your ego. Your ego is really just an exaggerated sense of separateness. It's just this very chatty thinker in your being that is always telling you one way or another why you are not belonging or they don't belong or you're right and they're wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Divide, divide, divide. When we see ourselves through a loving gaze, then the ego begins to calm down. The goal isn't to eradicate it. It's impossible. It's part of you. You created it. The intention is just to get the ego to calm down through loving attention so that you can think with love. You can't hack your way through fear. You can't crush the ego, you know? That only creates more fear. It only has the ego be more anxious and chatty. But you can invite every part of yourself into your heart and your ego and your fear. And what happens when you bring it into your heart? It rests. Love helps everything. All thoughts, all bodies, all people just rest. When you see yourself through the eyes of love, I can kind of promise, I don't make a lot of promises, but I'm going to almost guarantee that you will stop talking yourself out of forgiving. Because Forgiving is our natural inclination. It's just that our social systems are set up for punishment and reward. But the heart is for giving. You know that now if you've been with me for a while. The heart is for giving. The heart is forgiving. And isn't it just such a sweet relief to just opt for the power of love and move on? When you see yourself, through the loving gaze and others. You are going to create those conditions of healing in your life. Accepting yourself, accepting yourself as is, and all situation as is, is going to free up so much life force. It's this divine irony. Just be with what is happening and you get energized instead of wasting all this energy on resisting and pushing against what is actually occurring. Just like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm getting real about it. And then whoosh, energy, clarity of mind. Accept yourself. You're going to get so much more life force, energy that you can use to grow in new directions, in the direction that you actually want your life to go into. When you see yourself through a loving gaze, your personal ambitions are going to expand. They're going to reach out and they'll start to include the collective because the days of the self-centered bucket list are over, long gone. When you love yourself more, the most beautiful inclusiveness begins to happen. Your happiness and your sadness become more woven and 
uh, intermingled, inextricably intermingled with other people's happiness and sadness. And because you are loving, you wouldn't have it any other way. So my, my tone and my cadence of this next book is, it's calm because, you know, I'm chill. It's steady. I'm like abiding in love, drawing on ancient wisdom. But there is a real urgency to this round here. I think the heart-mind is our greatest form of intelligence, and I think it is our most neglected form of intelligence. There's no polarization in the heart space, and we are living in the most polarized, divided times. I think there is potentially more division on the way, which might be good news because it's a monumental occasion that the divine is giving us to love, to love each other into a more beautiful world, to love our nervous systems into relaxation, to love our relationships into real intimacy, to love our communities and our families and our workplaces into real harmony, to love our relationship with all of the elements of Mother Earth into exaltation, into nourishment, into vitality, into lushness. The invitation is being issued to us through pain and suffering right now. It's global. It's in our bodies. It's in our psyches. And it's all sitting right next to our power to love. And it's the wisdom of loving kindness that is going to be the greatest relief in these really anxious times. How to be loving is about living a heart-centered life. A heart-centered life is a reflective life. It's soul-powered. It is divinely timed. How to be loving is a place for compassion, where self-acceptance, so complete self-acceptance, you realizing that you are loved right now, always, eternally. In the heart, that complete self-acceptance has room to grow. You're perfect, as is, and there's room for improvement. And that is non-duality. There are four parts to the process of the book, How to Be Loving. The first part I've called All Heart. It's about the wound to healing sequence. And I'm really going to get into our perspective around family of origin wounds And I'm going to zoom us out even further to talk about what the soul incarnates with. So I'll give you the punchline here. A lot of us have the perspective that certain things happen in our adult lives because of things that happened in our upbringing. You know, it's like, my dad abandoned me or my mother was chilly and therefore I create relationships and situations that reflect those past patterns. And on a psychological level, that is all true and very well proven. However, I think what happens is that the soul brings us into this incarnation with very particular themes and those themes are magnetic and bring into our reality the people who are going to show up to be our parents and our siblings and our families of origin. So we're going meta-meta with the themes that we are here to work on in this lifetime. 
We're going to talk a lot about thoughts and feelings, how thoughts influence feelings and vice versa, how feelings are actually part of the subconscious realm, and that where we're really aspiring to move to on a spiritual path is toward virtues, the embodiment of higher states of consciousness. So the most direct route to that concept is to say that love is not a feeling or an emotion. Love is a higher state of consciousness. So that's what we're moving towards. We love our emotion. We use our feelings as a global positioning system for what's going on in our being. And we keep aiming higher to embody the vibration of love. It's about unconditioning your mind and engaging your heart intelligence. It's really about using your free will on behalf of your true nature. Yeah, so cool. How to be loving unpacks what a virtue is, that state of consciousness. Being virtuous isn't this, you know, dusty old religious trip. Thank you, Catholicism, for ruining the entire branding of virtuousness. Uh, virtues and living for virtue is really just a process of getting into alignment with your soul. When you are coming from your heart, you are in virtue. And then we move into reflective living. I talk a lot about receptivity being the true power, not pushing, not excessive willfulness, but just being still and steady enough to tune into higher guidance. Don't you want to be getting your advice and counsel and directions from like the golden source, not from your wounded, messed up ego or the news, which is way wounded and messed up? And when we take our guidance from our higher self, we are always going to be moving towards unity consciousness. And it's in unity that everything we are craving, desiring, aspiring to lives. Everything we want is in the beauty of being together. Shall we do a quick tour through virtues? Seven virtues. You know, as I offer these to you, you might want to just feel like this kind of gold and warmth in your heart. Hear into, lean into, which of these virtues feel most alive for you and warm in your being? Which of these feel a little distant and crunchy and maybe you want to have a better relationship with this state of consciousness? Virtue number one, divine love. Divine love is the ultimate inclusiveness. I love you. I include you. So everyone and everything is in divine love neutralizes energy, just has everything just rest and accept itself as it is. And then that makes space for everything to be what it is, our light and our shadow. Compassion. Compassion is the wish for all beings to be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. This is actually a really classical Buddhist definition of compassion. And I love this definition because it's so thorough. I wish for all beings to be free of suffering and all the causes of suffering. It just covers every base. Compassion transmutes, it dissolves judgment into love. So I once was judgy, but now I am lovey. 
So divisiveness moves into interconnectedness. So beautiful. Forgiving. The heart is, you know it, for what? Forgiving. The heart is forgiving every time. Forgiving is a divine power. Forgiving restores divine order, puts everything in its most beautiful, righteous place. The heart's natural inclination is to forgive. It's always going to be love's first gesture. Forgiving is the default of higher consciousness, if you don't talk yourself out of it. Wisdom. Wisdom is always looking for connections. It's always looking for commonalities, common ground. Wisdom is always looking to how to bring the energies of the situation together. It always has this leaning towards harmony. This is how you know when an idea is a wise idea or just a dumb idea. A wise idea is going to find connection. It's going to involve everybody in some capacity. It's always going to be looking for how can everybody benefit? How can this choice be appropriate to everybody's evolution? Wisdom is always going to lead us to truth, capital truth. Loving kindness. Loving kindness is unconditional friendliness. It's warm. It's friendly no matter what, no matter what's going on, no matter who's standing in front of you, no matter what's going on inside of yourself. You're warm with it. You let it be. You look at it. You say, hey, what have you got to say to me? I'm listening. Loving kindness is when we use our free will to express our true nature. So we are engaging our hearts. I'm going to choose to be loving. That's loving kindness. And being loving kindness, embodying loving kindness, deepens our capacity to be with our own light, our own brilliance, and our own shadows, our own ego and woundedness, and to be with the light and the shadow in other people. Resilience. Resilience is our ability to respond from the heart. So it's not about toughening up. It's not about enduring more suffering. None of that, none of that. Resilience is actually about adaptability. It's about the flexibility that comes from loving consciousness. Resilience is really not about contraction. It's about the energy of expansion because you can only adapt if you're going to expand and you can only expand if you have faith in your true strength and what's your true strength love radiance radiance is not just about feeling the glow although that is what happens with radiance radiance is what happens when we burn away our false self when all of the shadowy ego stuff, all those roles we play that aren't really aligned with who we really are, they fade. They get broken and broken down and they dissolve. And it's usually through some challenging experiences. But we emerge more as our true selves, our essence, our divine nature, our warm, luminous friendliness. And the result is we are radiant. 
All right. I have some things to say about cancel culture and true virtue and about keeping it real. Before I go there, I want to let you know that on October 11th, 2022, I'm going to be doing a special event called Open Your Heart, Uncondition Your Mind. Three shifts to move from an emotion-driven life to embodying love. I'm really excited about this. This is on live. It's live. There's going to be a Q&A. If you can't be there in real time, you'll get the recording. You can submit questions in advance. This is where I can really be of extra service. This class is our pre-order bonus. So if you go to daniellelaporte.com slash how to be loving, I walk you through the steps of you go grab the book from wherever you like to purchase books. You give us your receipt number. This is all really, really easy to do. And you're going to get two things from me. You'll get a ticket to the Open Your Heart, Uncondition Your Mind event. And every Sunday for a year, I am going to send you a loving reminder voice memo and a card from our How to Be Loving deck. It's really sweet. So we'll hang out every Sunday just for like two or three minutes in audio sonic love together for a year. So daniellelaporte.com slash how to be loving. All the goodies there. Be first in line to get the book shipped to you the week that it comes out. In future episodes of With Love, Danielle, I would like to unpack cancel culture and how we can hold our different opinions with kindness and move forward in harmony. And just a reminder that harmony isn't about acting sweet or faking like we're getting along. It's about figuring out what's best for everybody and how we can move forward in our individual expressions toward a shared, beautiful vision. What's happening right now is that we're in such a crisis of human division that true virtue, real virtuousness, is getting canceled as virtue signaling. And then the cancelers of virtues are being applauded as being virtuous. It's completely inside out, upside down, wacky Wednesday in terms of what virtue really is. Virtues are not something that you do. They're not something that you perform. Virtues are not a behavioral system for earning your keep on the planet. And virtuousness, true virtuousness from the heart is not for anybody else to measure, judge, cancel, or reward, actually. It's really between you and your soul. To be virtuous is to simply follow the wisdom of your heart. To be virtuous is to just reflect the divinity of life. Really, self-realization is virtuousness. It's the expression of your own wisdom. So let's wind down with keeping it real. I know so many spiritual practitioners, and I count myself in this one, who were so committed. We all really devoutly meditated. We belonged to a church. We followed a guru. And after many years of like considering ourselves to be awake, more awake than the normies or the average bearer, we're more advanced than, you know, what happened? The bottom fell out of our spiritual practice. Either the spiritual leader that we were into got called out for abuse, or the spiritual practitioner themselves got 
struck with an illness or there were waves of panic attacks or anxiety that seemingly came out of nowhere. I'm raising my hand on this one. And that is when the real awakening on the spiritual path began. And then, and then all of us very committed, devout spiritual practitioners began to peel back the layers on our practices to see that our spiritual striving, very rarely should those two words go in the same sentence, spiritual striving, was really motivated by a desire to become more spiritual, to be more spiritual, to look more spiritual, appear more spiritual, be more spiritual for the sake of being rewarded, for the sake of being more right. More spiritual equaled more rightness. And becoming, getting more spiritual is actually the biggest spiritual bypass trip that there is. What happens is when the bottom falls out and we question everything, then our practices and our perspectives and all of the beliefs that we've accumulated, all the spiritual opinions, they begin to get pared down. And my experience is that simplicity then becomes a spiritual practice in and of its own right. And when our hands are emptied of all the methodologies and the how-tos, and the steps, that's when our dedication can actually deepen. Fewer beliefs, more devotion, and loving awareness expands. Loving awareness. This is a beautiful ism from Ram Das. Loving awareness. I love awareness, and I am awareness of love, and I am loving awareness itself. And after all those years of trying to allay our egos and banish our egos and get our shadow self in check, then we just make the most enlightened declaration we have ever made. We just say, you know what? I have an ego. So what? It's all church. It all belongs. If we choose to let it, everything, all the time, everywhere, is teaching us how to be loving. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.